Coming to theaters January 26th. Left Behind. Rise of the Antichrist. Was it the rapture? Yes. I saw it happen. After millions of people vanish and the world falls into chaos, a charismatic leader rises to become head of the United Nations. How do we know who we can trust? Trust God. Starring Kevin Sorbo, Neil McDonough, and Corbin Burnson. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. This film is not rated but suitable for ages 13 and up in theaters for four days only beginning January 26th. Go to leftbehindmovie.com. People still persecuted for simply what they believe? Breaking news on the global crisis of people persecuted for their faith exclusively on Kevin McCullough Radio. So glad to have you with us and uh, very grateful to have Dr. John Eibner returning uh, to the microphone. We always appreciate checking in with him and he is very busy uh, traveling and uh, speaking and interfacing with world leaders. Uh, to try to draw attention to some of the things that we raise here um, in, on a much bigger scale. Uh, once you can get a government to focus on something and to pay attention to it, you can usually affect some good. Uh, and in fact, John, I, I love telling the story because it, it is one of the really good things that CSI has, has done and is, and is in the process of continuing to do. But take us back a few years uh, to the Sudanese Civil War. And the role that CSI and that you yourself, and I know it's you, you're not one to enjoy talking about yourself very much, but I feel like you have to in this story. Um, talk to us about what you were able to affect in the conclusion of that war and how it was actually very important for someone like CSI to step up and say, hey, there, there, are, there are considerations here that we need to be paying attention to. But, but take us back to, to what happened. Sure. Well, there was a civil war going on, but it wasn't just a civil war between tribes or different parts of the country, but it was a jihad waged by the Sudanese government in Khartoum against Christian communities in uh, southern Sudan. And CSI went back went there years ago, and there was hardly anybody there. It was real frontline work. I remember one of our first visits to the uh, war zone. We camped out in uh, the compound of the international committee of the red cross they left all of the other organizations left we went in and we uh, of course provided humanitarian aid and we uh, did advocacy work but the key to the story is really that we were able to highlight the reality of the enslavement of southern sudanese we were able to find a way to liberate them and to publicize it and to bring this news to the states, and that was the catalyst of a uh, movement made up of other Christian organizations, secular organizations, people on the left, people on the right, that at the end of the day prompted President Bush shortly after he was uh, elected to launch a Sudan peace initiative, which resulted in the end of that jihad. There was a peace agreement, uh, the jihad came to a stop. And southern Sudan is a very poor place, has many, many problems, but it's a great blessing to the people that the jihad has come to a stop. And CSI played a central role in making that happen. It was because we were there on the spot. We were able to provide documentation of what was going on. We were able to convey that to Washington, to London and other places, yeah. and we were able to use that to mobilize people to care. And it wasn't, of course, just CSI on our own, but we were able to, through the media, through uh, our networks, uh, create a movement. 
and um, that gives me encouragement to carry on this work because there are many situations where a movement is necessary. Yeah. Uh, we need to be able to confront power that is perhaps not doing anything or maybe even complicit in, in a, a problem and try to change policy as we were able to do uh, with uh, President Bush and at the beginning of his um, his presidency. And it was his first uh, actually foreign policy initiative and first foreign policy success. Even though it was um, affected and the peace agreement went into place, uh, that didn't end the suffering. And I've always, uh, because I've advocated for uh, the the freeing of slaves in northern Sudan for such a long time now, John. I always uh, kind of tell this story with a bit of bewilderment. I don't know how foreign companies or countries could come together and say, we need these two to stop fighting, and it's good for the world to stop fighting, but forget that there were people that were the spoils of that war that should have been allowed to go home. Tell us that part of the story. Yes, well, there was a peace agreement between uh, the North and, and the South. The, the war came to an end. But tens of thousands of uh, mainly women and children, also there were men involved, remained enslaved. And there was no mechanism as a part of the peace agreement to liberate these people. They were just left. Actually, the world didn't really care about them. Hmm. They were left behind, and CSI continues, uh, you know, the work of uh, liberating them. Many of the those who are liberated today now were born in slavery, sometimes even after the uh, the end of the war, and uh, were committed to uh, carrying on this work until the last slave is free. But the people in southern Sudan suffer not just from the the slavery; it's one of the poorest places in the world government scarcely exists there are no services they don't want to give up their independence they don't want to be subjected to an islamic uh regime and um they will find a way to survive and one of the greatest joys to me in this, this work is seeing those who come out of slavery who had no contact never heard the good news before mm -hmm. no contact with the church come into a community where the gospel is preached, where there are uh, evangelists, pastors, uh, priests, and um, the work of uh, building uh, the church in southern Sudan is really very, very important, and that continues. Well, and that's one of the reasons, friend, if you listen to me, we uh, advocate uh, several times a year for uh, the release of these slaves, and for a crazy low dollar amount, $250 you can provide um, everything that that slave, once they are liberated, everything that they need for a full year uh, being relocated, including food, including grain to grow more food, uh, including um, utensils that are necessary for gardening and for cooking and for uh, fishing and, and, and other things like that. And there's also a very special piece of this uh, gift that they are given, which is the uh, the ownership of a she-goat which allows them to uh, create milk and cheese and uh, food products, but also allows them to uh, create a micro-enterprise system for themselves uh, selling other baby goats. Um, so it's it's a really amazing thing. Please go to csi-usa.org, uh, or you can just go to the simple URL, Bring Her Home, if you want to know more about what I'm doing um, in helping to get that uh, advocacy, bringherhome.org. 
Uh, but CSI-USA.org on the homepage has a lot about the Sudan, Sudanese uh, slavery uh, liberation and would encourage you to check that out and tell people about it. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful work and uh, want to make sure that we are uh, championing it uh, on every level. 100,000-plus slaves have been liberated by CSI and donors just like you over the last few years, and uh, we're grateful to be a part of it. John Eibner, always appreciate your time. Thank you for being back with us. This is Kevin McCullough. Thank Stay you, here. Kevin.